Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. So hello, everybody. Good to see you. Yeah, so David was going to give a talk and I was going to lead a meditation. So, <laughs> um, But I'll, I'll chat a little bit. Um, for one thing, I want to just start off, you know, by acknowledging you know, at the beginning of the meditation, this uh, divine masculine and happy Father's Day to all the, all the fathers out there and all the beings that are fathering, um, um, male or female. And, um, and I'm just sorry, reading the chat that David's going to try his cell phone and hop back on. And, you know, like I mentioned in the meditation, and I, I think this is just maybe my, my perspective, my personal perspective, um, is that um, with the energies that I find are very healing and soothing in society right now, I just see a lot more feminine energy showing up. I just, on, on, on calls and meditation circles, it's been like this for a long time in meditation circles, but when I see the energy of the people that are showing up to drive things forward, um, whether it be in the social instances that are happening and most recently and whatnot, I just see a lot of, a lot of the feminine energy in the groups that I'm, that I'm around and, and just be more vocal. You know, um, I know the, the wives of, of, of men who might you know share similar philosophies just seem to be more vocal. It just, again, it's probably just my personal um, experience, you know, but I, I want to bring it up because of the importance when we're talking about love, compassion, um, Buddhism in action, um, engaged Buddhism, um, engaged compassion, um, you know, the, these things that, that really need to be said and, and done and whatnot. We need to all say it and we all need, we need to all be it. And, and, you know, I, 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 for one, I never think that I'm doing enough for ex at all myself. I need to do more. Um, I need to be more, um, but we need to come together. And I think maybe the, 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 the mushy love stuff, you know, which isn't male, you know, it's not male to be, you know, overtly in our society that this, there's a thing around it, you know, like overtly lovey, overtly nurturing, overtly this and that. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of talking out loud to see how this manifests and, and saying that we need to have an expression, a male expression um, that's available for males to, to express it in a certain way. And, um, and, you know, I love in, in our, are in our group, the vulnerability of the men in our group is very precious. And in even the, the tears that we've seen from the some males in, in our group, is, I think it's, it's very precious. And, and this is what I find could be seen more. Um, and just that, that, that emotion, that feeling tone and um, everything that comes along with it. Um, yeah, so it's just another aspect of what we're talking about today and, and the depth of the heart and, and the merging of the masculine and, and feminine um, in that sense and the capacity, which you know David likes to 
to incorporate into the compassion exercises the, the capacity of loving compassion and, and how big we are when we, when we meet it, when we meet our reality with it. So yeah, I just want to say a few words on, on that front. And David is back, so I'm gonna, gonna check on him. <laughs> so I can't unmute you, David. Um, maybe unmute yourself and let's see how it goes. Can you hear me now? Is it better than earlier? Yeah, way better. So far, so good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Um, I, uh, I, I totally agree with Casey in that we have in ourselves both the male and the female aspect. Uh, when we talk about the female aspect, it's just the holding capacity, something big uh, in this infinite container of love that holding everything that's arising. And this infinite container of love is what we find when we bring loving kindness to whatever is arising, to whatever content is arising, and then we become this infinite container of love. Just like we have uh, a child, we have a first kid who's behaving well, and we have a second kid who's not behaving well. Um, <clears throat> um, this is the behaving well kids, <laughs> I can say this, and uh, this is not behaving well kids. But if we're willing to bring loving kindness to whatever is arising with, with, with both kids, we find that we have the capacity, this loving kindness of uh, uh, the mom, the dad, holding these two kids with love. And then we can help the kids guy the one that's going astray but stay as a loving capacity even in the midst of the kids going astray so we can step in to guide the kids but yet remain remain the loving kindness of the mom so that's what we discover when we whatever we bring loving kindness to the object we discover the capacity of love the loving capacity around here but if we don't bring loving kindness to the object, then we become one versus the other. This ob we become this object, judging this object. But we bring loving kindness to both the good and the bad, then we become something bigger, which hold both the good and the bad, yet more than that. And that more than is our freedom. And I can lead into our um, the practice of for noble truth by using this loving kindness, this loving awareness when we open the heart. So in the four noble truth, the first truth is life includes pain, which lead to suffering. Pain of the financial changes in the financial in jobs, in health, just like in the COVID-19 situation. Change in uh, relationship, your health, age, condition, things, uncertainty, 
things that always don't go as what we want. There are so many things that go astray. Just like the social injustice, the racism, and all the difficulty that we encounter in life of all the changes that come and go, which lead to suffering. So that's the first noble truth is life is beyond, it's uncertain, keep changing, which leads to dukkha, the unsatisfactoriness. The second noble truth is the cost of suffering. The cost of suffering is pain that lead to suffering. And how does pain lead to suffering? In order to have suffering, there are two elements, the pain and the identification with the pain and said it's my pain. So it two two you need two in, uh, uh, elements both to be present at the same time the pain of the loss of the changes and the identification with the pain is my pain and because it's my pain now now we have a desire for the pain we have an expectation that it shouldn't happen this way we have uh, the preference that it shouldn't be the way I want the things to change according to my preference, my needs, my wants, my desire. And that creates suffering. The identification which caused the desire, which caused non-acceptance. So we have no control over the pain because sometimes it's beyond our control, like our health, sometimes it's beyond our control, or other people, the outer circumstance. But what we have within our control is the identification of the pain, that is my pain. And if we can disidentify from the pain, which means we accept the pain, but get more than the pain, then it's the pain instead of my pain. If we're willing to sit with it, just like Casey has explained earlier, and just bring loving kindness to it, now it's being the pain. Then it's just the pain arising and falling instead of my pain. Then, then the... The desire, it's just the desire arise instead of my desire. So now we can easier to drop the desire and just feel this pain as a raw sensation that comes and goes. So that's the second truth. The, uh, the cause of suffering is the, the identification. To limit our consciousness to only the pain and say that I'm enclosed within this pain. So the so second is the cause. The third is you can step out of the suffering. 
by disidentifying with the pain. So in the third noble truth, we realize that pain is unavoidable, but suffering is optional. We cannot avoid the pain. But if we can disidentify from the pain and we can be at ease, accept the pain, we can love, provide a loving environment with the pain, then there's no suffering. We can reduce the suffering. If we can have a container of love holding the contents of pain, then the content do not affect the whole container. The container of, of love and awareness is just like the space of your room. The contents of pain is just like the furniture, the sofa, the table, the chair. So if you have termite eating one of your sofa, it affects the sofa if I'm identifying with that sofa. But if I'm changed my place of rest, change my baseline from the sofa to the space of the room, holding the sofa, yet more than the sofa, then the termite infected sofa still there, but it's not total me. I'm more than that termite infested sofa. I'm the space holding it, and I'm also belonging to the unaffected chair, the unaffected picture frame, unaffected other options. So the third noble truth is the way out of suffering is to shift my self-identity, self-identity, my baseline from the pain, the affected sofa, to the whole loving kindness, the space of the room, holding everything. And the fourth noble truth is the Eightfold Path, which is showing the path on how we achieve in our daily life of uh, to, to to put it into practice of daily life. So <clears throat> the first three main elements of the Eightfold Path is the right view, which is thoughts, the right thoughts. The second one is this right <clears throat> speech. And then the third one is the right action. So thought precedes speech, precedes action, and then action. And then the other five follow these three. Because whatever we do, our action is preceded by our speech, which preceded that by our thoughts. So how do we find the, how do we, find the right view, right speech, right action. Because when, 
when I do anything, I bring my conditioning to it. So if I don't see my conditioning, I will do it in according to my condition. If my conditioning is biased, my view is biased. Therefore, my speech is biased. My action is biased. So if I can do outside of conditioning, if I can see my conditioning, if I'm some, if I can be the loving kindness, the loving awareness beyond my conditioning, then I can see my conditioning. And if I drop my conditioning, then I can drop that conditioning as it arrives in my view, my speech and my action. So the practice is how to bring loving kindness to everything, including my conditioning. So I can step out, I can see myself as in whatever I do, thoughts, speech, and action. So the loving kindness, the feminine holding capacity that Casey was mentioning earlier is the path to step out. So if I can show, <clears throat> this go back to this again. Uh, let's go down a little bit, okay. So this is me, David, and this is the other. So when, when I act, when I keep my baseline in with David, when I put myself at identity with David, then I'm going to, since my baseline is with David, I'm going, I'm, I'm trying to change the other person, the other people, the circumstance. I want to change them to make it fit with David's wants, needs, expectation, preference. So like David becomes the center and everything becomes the periphery, which has to rotate, which change to make it fit with David's wants, needs. And that creates suffering because the outer circumstance move with, follow the law of impermanent and non-self and unsatisfactoriness. Remember the three laws of ex existence. Whereas David wants a permanence and a self. So that creates conflict. So that's, that's the cause of suffering that in the Buddha mentioned in the Four Noble Truth is the cause of suffering is my identification with David, so identification to make it. So now the, when the pain arrives, it's David's pain. So everything revolves around David because the baseline is here. And because everything I want to revolve around David, and but things do not revolve. Things go by, things go by their own law. It changes according to their their own law. It will not revolve around David. So I'm doing I'm causing my own suffering because I trying to change the law of nature to make it fit with David's preference instead of dropping David's preference to make it fit with the law of nature. So the practice of loving kindness is when I bring love to David. 
and others. Now I introduce something bigger. If I bring love to David and the other, now then David become the object of love, the other become the object of love. But now this loving capacity, the container of loving capacity holding these two objects, holding these two contents. So, so now I have a choice. I can shift my baseline, my self-identity from David to this loving capacity to hold, hold in both. And when I rest here, now this is, now I can accept the differences between the two. And if things doesn't change according to David, it's okay. This holding capacity can accept everything and just live based on what the law of nature, whatever change here and here, the two objects, this is big enough to hold these two objects. And this is what Casey was mentioning, the, the feminine nature, Some, the passive love that can hold everything yet more than everything. And that we have it in every one of us, male, female, that compassionate, patient, understanding, loving quality, unconditional loving capacity that is here. So no matter what happened, this too is big enough to accept it. So now from this vantage point of loving capacity, now I can see David and David's conditioning. And sometimes that conditioning is just like a child with a tantrum, it's just have tantrum. But from the loving capacity, it's just say, okay, you calm down a little bit and allow the tantrum to come and goes and just learn and accept the tantrum. And then the tantrum comes and goes, it drops. Now this child become happy again. So the, only from this position can we drop the conditioning, the wrong view, the wrong intention, speech and action. So the right view, the right speech, the right action coming from the wholeness, from this loving capacity, because it is big enough and outside of the other conditioning that is arising. So that's our practice is to bring loving kindness to whatever survives so that we are, we act everything from the wholeness, from the oneness of life instead of from the separation of our own ego. And that wholeness, that oneness is always there. All we need to do is just to sit with it, to be with it, with love and patience. And we will discover it just like when we hear the bell meditation earlier. The hearing capacity is the oneness, sound of, of the bell is the separation. All we need to do is embrace this, the separation to realize the oneness, the one who embraces. Thank you for allowing me to share the practice with you. 
I'll turn it back over to Casey. Thank you. Thank you so much, David. Uh, yeah, very beautiful. Um, you know, and I, if, you know, I think that this, this uh, switching of, of views, you know, this, this right view of moving from uh, this duality, like you mentioned, David, this self-identification um, is really that the key, obviously, to the suffering, like self-identifying with the suffering and that whole dual nature of the way we see, um, you know, like David was talking about, like the duality between, you know, two, two different things and then having that, that loving capacity or that container that could hold both of them and not be them, but, but hold both of them. And the key is how, how do we, how do we switch over? How do we switch from that dualistic thinking of subject and object? And, and like David was saying that we're the center of all of that. And then how do we move into this, this loving capacity or this something more? How do we move into that? And the most difficult part is that we try to, to do it in a way that this, just to keep going with David's analogy, like this, this David, is trying to gain things um, in a certain way. And the way that we're actually becoming that something more or that, that other capacity is by dropping, is by dropping all efforting in that way, in the, that conceptual efforting, you know, more of the, the resting in what is, what is beyond that. Um, so this is a naturally arising loving kindness and compassion, compassion where um, everything else is you know, more contrived, you know, the building up of an egoic um, something, you know, is more contrived. And so uh, kind of like the, the saints and sages of all religions, you know, have been coming up with methods, you know, for thousands of years, like, okay, how, how do we move from this dualistic thinking into what's already self-existing, how, how do we switch over from that self-identification of a small self to um, the big self? And so one, one thing that we, one meditation that we could do is, is I thought it would be fun to do the, the, the Tonglin meditation today. It's been a while since we've done it here on Sunday Sit. Um, this is um, giving or taking um, and, and, and giving this is receiving and, and, and giving back technique, Tonglen. And if we look at this, you know, this Tonglen practice, for those of you that are not familiar with it, I think mostly everyone is, but if you're not familiar with it, it is where you kind of exchange self and others. So you exchange the suffering um, of others and you exchange that, you basically take that on that suffering and then you, you transform their suffering and give it back to them, um, give it back your own positivity and, and light and whatnot. And from, from David's talk, this thing that hits home the most is this selflessness, you know, so this, it's the intention of selflessness that I'm actually going to take on your suffering myself and I'm going to replace it with, with you know, light and whatnot. But at its very essence, its very core, again, through this, this pure compassion, compassionate intention, it's this selflessness. 
and it's really merging with, and this is probably the most difficult thing for us to like comprehend, is that by letting go of all of the, the concepts, even, <clears throat> even the concepts of loving kindness and compassion and whatnot, it, it's this, this complete surrender to the dualistic thinking to where we can be the energy of loving kindness and compassion. It's something that we are, it's a beingness instead of a cultivated something. And that, that energy doesn't have any kind of bias or anything like this, which was you know, part of David's example of just accepting things as they are and growing in capacity and whatnot. It's how can we move into an actual beingness where we, instead of having our center in any egoic center, but that, that expansive infinite potentiality, how can we be that? How could we experience life through that lens of just that beingness? And so I, I want to reiterate that as we do these practices, just like any other meditation, any meditation, the practices are there to be dropped. Like the Tonglin practice is there to be stopped. You know, it's there to be used. It's a, it's a tool. And then, then whatever is cultivated and generated in, in, in it's really a, a more of a, um, a remembrance of this energy or con a connection with this energy. It's, it's dropping into that quote unquote river, for example, of loving kindness and compassion. And then allowing that to take you away, allowing that to become the teacher, allowing that loving kindness and compassion to become the meditation. We don't need to continue to cultivate. And so um, we'll practice this for, um, for, for a little bit. We don't have a ton of time, but because I want to leave time for some Q&A too. But let's just go ahead and find a comfortable position. So be a loving kindness type of practice. So you don't want to be in a position that's uncomfortable for heart-based practices. allowing your eyes to close. And if you like, you can start by just resting your hand on your chest. And just breathing here for a few moments. And you can feel into your hand, if your hand's on your heart, you can feel into your hand, that intention of nurturing and nourishing yourself. And becoming familiar with the fact that you are a being and at times you suffer.
And then knowing that you have a wish to be freed from that suffering. You could remove your hand from your heart if you like. And you could visualize a being, a person, it could be an animal, it could be a group of people. That you know to be suffering. Just visualizing them in your mind's eye. person or group of people, an animal that you know to be suffering. It could be small suffering, it could be a big suffering, just be everyday life suffering. And in a moment, I'm going to instruct you to take on their suffering. And I want to be very clear that through your intention to do so, before their suffering meets your body, it is already transformed. So you're not taking in any literal karmas. So on an inhalation, you can visualize their suffering being removed from their mind, body, hearts. And you can visualize their suffering like black smoke existing in the space between you both. Visualizing their suffering like black smoke being removed from their mind, body, hearts. And settling into the intention, you're going to take on their suffering. And on inhalation, as you breathe in, you notice that this black smoke is transformed into light through the power of your intention to take it on. And you're breathing in their suffering that has been transformed into white light. And like a lightning bolt, it crashes down on a sheath around your own heart 
You can visualize this as a black sheath and it represents the self-cherishing aspect of your heart. And this lightning bolt of compassion breaks apart this self-cherishing aspect of the heart. And your heart glows, radiates with pure divine light. And it fills up the entirety of your body. And it's healing you emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. You continue to breathe here for a few moments. With each breath, you are becoming brighter and brighter. The entirety of your being is beaming with light. And on an exhalation of your choosing, you exhale back. This now fully transformed suffering, which is now complete light and positivity. You breathe this back. towards that person or group of people, animal. Visualizing them receiving this light. And completing this cycle of healing. They are being, being filled with light, purified, body, speech, and mind is purified. Their heart is purified. And just existing here with whatever's arisen within you. And whatever magnitude, no matter how slight compassion has arisen within you, just being that. Simply being the intention 
take away the suffering of others for a few moments. Right. <clears throat> so usually, <clears throat> you know, we have like 15 minutes left. I usually just open up to a large group, but um, <clears throat> I really like the value of the breakout rooms because we're, we're apart. And I think it's really nice to be able to connect and with, <clears throat> you know, virtually and you know, we're 25 people, it might be difficult. So I'm just gonna make the groups really fairly small, like you know, two, three people. Um, so we'll be able to connect in a real way with, with a few people, and then I'll bring us back um, with maybe five minutes to go. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, <laughs> so we have a few minutes. Um, <sighs> if anyone wants to share with the large group what came up for them. I'm so grateful that we have the small groups, Casey. It really just brings that, the, the, the closeness, the connection, the intimacy. Cool. Yeah. Good. I agree. Mm. I like them too. I wanted to get your take on the difference between accepting what is and changing what is. Um, yeah, accepting it in this non-attachment non way. It, well, accepting in, in this framework is, is it's about the attachment. Um, so we could, we, could, we could act for change, but with the wisdom that we can't control everything. So it's a very, very important question is, which is how can we want change and how can we act and, and, and 
work for change, and then stay resilient? And it, the answer is with non-attachment, which is the wisdom piece. It's just the, the fact of it is that we just don't know. Things are impermanent. There's no end anyway, even if we got, even if change happened, another change is going to happen. So it's this continual motivation and energy of compassion. But for that, that energy of compassion, once we rest into that energy itself, we will recognize that it has no attachment outcome. It's not, I'm going to be compassionate only if, you know, this change happens or that change happens. That energy just, just gives freely, free from that, the attachment aspect, which David looked at because that was the suffering part, right? With the Four Noble Truths. Mm -hmm. Good, good question, though. I'm wondering if you have any recommendations or suggestions as far as how this practice, these tools can be helpful for someone that's approaching death. Um, I don't think I do in two minutes. <laughs> I think it's just too big um, of a question, you know, for 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 that and and it really it's really um specific for that individual so i'm 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 more than happy to to chat with you um and share a little bit about you know my training in, in hospice um care um but it really relates how we bring the, the the dharma to an individual at that point really is specific to um to, to them and needs to be kind of customized to that experience, yeah. So I, I felt a little bit of resistance to doing the Tonglen practice. I haven't done it really before at one other time. Um, and, and then when you said um, about the sufferings transformed and, and you're not really taking on the karma, um, that made it a little bit easier for me but I think my overall question is, like, I, I think I was identifying too much with myself instead of sort of enable, putting myself in that con bigger container of loving kindness and realizing that I'm not transforming the suffering. I'm just a conduit for that loving kindness. Is, is that right? Yeah, that's really beautifully put. Yeah, it's kind of like this... Um... Um, it, I don't know if it's a catch twenty two. It's 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 like we need uh, we we need to open ourselves up in, into that energy to do this practice. Um, but it's like we need to do this practice to get into the point to get into the flow of that that energy, right? So, so ultimately, yes, you know, it's like it's the pure removal of this this selflessness and this self identification with this kind of small self, and then. Once we once we could um, then move move beyond that and do this practice uh, as as loving kindness itself, as compassion itself, as that that an infiniteness, um, then it becomes you know very very powerful. Um, so it's a little bit about you know convincing ourselves in this relative way to move into this. Um, yeah, and then. I'm sorry, I was looking at a chat because Bonnie said Pema Children has a beautiful YouTube about Tonglen. Um, Pema Children has just beautiful 
work on, on Tonglen. And she's just a beautiful resource, whether it be in writing, video, you know, aud um, audible. So yeah, it's a great resource is to, to look at Pema's work with that. You want to hold that book up again, Shannon? Yeah, welcoming um, uncertainty. Is that what it is? Oh, welcoming the unwelcome. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. All right. I wish we could just sit and chat. <laughs> um, but I want to respect everyone's time and, and thank you all so, so very much for coming. Um, maybe just a sit for like just a few seconds and just dedicate the merit um, of our time together today. Just really holding all of us, our whole, our whole community of human beings and sentient beings, holding them all here in our hearts and really dedicating the practice here today to relieving them all from suffering, ourselves included. May all beings everywhere with that exception, may they all be happy and joyous, liberated. May they all be that, and may they all be free from suffering. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy Father's Day, all you beautiful beings that are taking care of others. <laughs> thank you, David, so much. Why are you? So many people. <laughs> thank you, David. So fun to be able to share this with you. Thanks, David and Casey. Thank you, Casey. Thank yeah. you, David. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you, David. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Sangha. Yes, thank you, Sangha. Mm. Hi, Don. Okay, see you soon. Yay. See you soon. Thanks, Charlie. I can't wait to be with all of you. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. Later, Bob. Okay, bye bye. Bye, guys. Have a beautiful Thanks, day. Thanks, Don. Bye, oh, I forgot to say thank Don. <laughs> thank you, David. Oh, yeah. Thank bye. you, Don. Thanks, Don. <laughs> bye. Take care. <laughs> You. <laughs> I know. I'm always like, no, you say goodbye. No, you say right. goodbye. <laughs> Why, so late if you're still there. That's the way? The little square? I thought so. Hmm. All right. Oh, I missed guys. you. All right. Miss you too. We'll see yeah. you soon. Okay. Thank All you right. so much. This is beautiful. Thank you. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.